to a slightly later edition this week of the UK Law Weekly podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. Afraid we're a bit later this week because I've been in Italy last week and so I've only just got back on Sunday evening and have been quite busy at work since then, so apologies for that, but hopefully try and keep to a schedule of putting an episode out every Monday evening from now on. This week we're going to be looking at the case of Edwards and Kumarasamy, and the citation for this case is 2016 UKSC 40. In particular, this case looks at the area of landlord and tenant law, and while it's not a major or a landmark case for the Supreme Court to decide, it is interesting because it takes a closer look at Section 11 of the Landlord and Tenant Act 1985. This section implies a covenant or a promise that the lessor or the landlord will quote, keep in repair the structure and exterior of the dwelling house, including drains, gutters and external pipes, end quote. Now according to section 11 subsection 1aA, this only applies to a part of a building which the lessor has an estate or an interest in. Bearing all this in mind, this particular case revolves around a paved access area outside of a building. If you imagine, say, a block of flats, this might be, say, the entrance to the building, or perhaps more likely access to the main bins outside the back of the building. We're talking about a sort of communal space, um, which is used by the tenants for access to particular facilities. The claimant in this case, Mr Edwards, tripped over on this paved area and claimed it was caused by the landlord, Mr Kumarasamy's, failure to keep the area in repair. At the first instance, the claimant won the case and was awarded £3,750 in damages. The appeal by the landlord, however, was allowed on two grounds. Firstly, the paved area was not to be considered within the Section 11 Covenant. If you remember, the Act itself talks about the inclusion of drains, gutters and external pipes. And so the argument was that a paved access area was quite separate from the building itself and couldn't be considered part of such a, an area under the Section 11 Covenant. Secondly, Mr Kumarasamy, the landlord, also had no notice of the disrepair either, and so he couldn't be held liable for Mr Edwards' injury. The Court of Appeal reversed this and allowed the original claim to stand, but now Mr Kumarasamy the landlord is applying to the UK Supreme Court who heard this case in June. The Supreme Court realised that they had three main questions to answer which they would take in turn. Firstly was whether in the light of section 11 of the Landlord and Tenant Act 1985, the paved area could actually be described as part of the exterior of the front hall. In this particular case they said that the words should be given their natural meaning and that it would be artificial to actually establish any sort of wider sense of the word. Clearly Parliament had indicated when they talked about pipes and guttering as part of the external of the building. This was only to reference things that were actually attached to the property. To include something like a paved access area would be to ruin the words of the statute and to take it away from the meaning that Parliament originally intended. The second question that the Supreme Court had to answer was whether the landlord, Mr Kumarasamy, had an estate or an interest in the front hall for the purposes of Section 11, subsection 1AA. And it was a very simple question for the court to decide because the landlord did have a right of access over this communal paved area 
and therefore if he had the right of access then he could be said as having an estate or at the very least a proprietary interest in this paved area. The third question was perhaps the most interesting and this asked whether the landlord could actually be liable to the tenant Mr Edwards for the disrepair of the paved area despite the fact that he hadn't had any notice of the disrepair before the accident. With respect to this question, the Supreme Court addressed a long-standing rule that had existed in landlord and tenant law. This stated that a landlord is not liable under a covenant with his tenant to repair premises which are in the possession of the tenant and not of the landlord, unless and until the landlord has notice of the disrepair. And this makes a lot of sense if you think about it. Perhaps you live in a rented house yourself, and while you live there every day, if something goes wrong there, then it's really only you or whoever lives in the place who will actually know about it. The landlord might come around and visit, say, every three or six months, but realistically, he's not going to be living there on a day-to-day -day basis to know which repairs need to be taken care of. Therefore, it's up to the tenant to inform the landlord that repairs need to be made. In relation to the exterior of the flat or the property, this rule would still apply, but the exterior of the building would have to be included within the transfer from the landlord to the tenant at the start of the contract. However, what we have to answer in this case is what happens when the tenant isn't actually in possession of the area, because like in this case, it's a communal area. In such examples, the law or the rule that we've established wouldn't apply and so the landlord isn't entitled to such notice in these circumstances. So given the response to these three questions, two were decided in favour of the tenant who had the accident, Mr Edwards. So looking at these questions, two of them were decided in favour of the tenant who had the accident, Mr Edwards, and one of them was decided in favour of the landlord, Mr Kamarasamy. You might be thinking at this stage, particularly listening to the answer to the third question that the Supreme Court gave, that they would decide in favour of the tenant, Mr Edwards. However, you'd be wrong in thinking this, and when you do consider the reasoning that the Supreme Court gave, it does make a lot of sense. They said that while the landlord, Mr Kamarasamy, does have an interest in the land because it's a common right of way and doesn't belong exclusively to the tenant, and also while the tenant himself doesn't enjoy exclusive access to this communal area, it would simply make a lot more sense for the tenant to give notice to the landlord about the communal area. After all, if it is an access paved area, say for getting to the bins or entering and leaving the building, then it's the tenant who has to go past this every day and should therefore give notice to the landlord as part of that process. Overall, even though Mr Kamarasamy does have potential access to this communal area during the life of the tenancy, the reality of the situation is that he's not living in the building and so therefore would not have any idea that this paved area does need repairing. In conclusion, this decision does make a lot of sense in many ways. A tenant who lives in a building or in a particular block of flats has access to them every single day and if they do notice a problem, then it's always good advice for them to approach the landlord and at least let them know that this particular area or facility or structure is in need of repair. However, it doesn't really make the rights any clearer for tenants who are living in a particular building, and they'll have to be very careful in future, and this is perhaps a lesson to tenants everywhere, that if they are in doubt, then they should report a problem to the landlord. 
But I guess this also raises the question about whether it should be the tenant's obligation to report everything that goes on. After all, it's the landlord who takes on the responsibility and it's the tenant who should be able to enjoy the flat in a sort of not necessarily pristine state, but at least in a state of good repair. And it's up to the landlord to carry out consistent checks, not only against the property itself, but also things like the right of way, to which they ha do have easy access if they were to actually put in the effort. The idea that a tenant should have an accident and then report something to the landlord does seem a little bit skew-if and hands them a heavy obligation. Meanwhile, it seems to let landlords like Mr. Kamarasamy off the hook quite nicely. Well, that's it for this short episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure that you subscribe to the feed on iTunes or whichever podcast app that you use. Also, make sure to give us a review on iTunes as well, because that really helps the podcast. And I'll look forward to bringing another episode to you on time next week on Monday evening. Thanks again for listening. Bye.